You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this very lovely Sunday evening is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, the playoffs continue without the Islanders. This is going to be a very sort of free-flowing episode with a lot of topics <laughs> covered. Uh, we'll throw a little bit of Islanders stuff in there too, but uh, there's a lot going on right now uh, in the NHL and it's only Memorial Day. There's still like a couple weeks left to go, which is kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not a fun time no. uh, right now. Uh, we're recording this at six p.m. on Sunday, so a couple hours uh, before Game Seven uh, for the Rangers, and it's it's just a burden at this point to mm. like be, you know, I mean, you're in Jersey, I'm on Long Island, so it's it's we're in Rangers mm. country, and and when uh, during the regular season, I would say that, and I and I'm not like you know, this isn't to you know, dunk on Ranger fans or like, you know, whatever. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying like, it, 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 I feel like this is an objective observation that during Ranger, uh, during the regular season, um, like you just won't see Ranger stuff around. And I mean, I think you'll see shirts and, you know, a hat or mm. whatever, but I'm talking like, you know, the flags and, um, you know, restaurants putting up like Rangers stuff, like watch the Ranger game here or, even you know how like bars get Budweiser signs that have sports team logos on them, and mm. you just don't see that stuff um, around during the regular season. And then all of a sudden, you know, the it, I, I I wrote an article for Puck Daddy, one of the eulogies, and uh, uh, when the Rangers got eliminated by the Lightning six years ago or so, um, and then you know, I, was, I talked about how it usually takes like the city and rangers quote-unquote rangers town just are like a round and a half mm. to, to realize that they're making a run yeah and that's that's the part of the process we're in right now and it's i mean there's all around me there's uh you know ranger flags and you know ranger garden gnomes and stuff that i'm walking by every day and it's it's just really annoying and hard um depressing whatever you want to <laughs> adjective you want to say because like you just walk around and you re, you try you're trying to sports are supposed to be an escape right and mm. and like right now i need an escape from the escape and unfortunately you know the the world sucks too so like there's just like no you know getting around um this stuff like i, I walk the dog ranger stuff you know t- turn on see a newspaper rangers on the front cover it's just they're always there, and and I know that this is 
the same thing that happens when the Islanders make a run. Um, and it, it shouldn't the be scale surprised. Is much smaller though. Right. right? It, it's different too. It's, it does. It's just, it's like, it's almost like when the Islanders do it, it's almost like when the local high school team is like going to the state <laughs> championship. It's like, you know, they, they're like, have like the sign in front of the, like the local diner. It's like, right. you know, good luck to our boys who eat here all the time. Like, you know, <laughs> free pancakes for anyone wearing, you know, Southside Cyclones gear, um, you know, like that kind of stuff. And, and when the Rangers do it, it's, it's, it's like, bring it home. Yeah. The whole sure. city. It's, it's, it's like when England makes a run deep into an international tournament, right. it's, it's, it's like, it's uh it's just everywhere and it's people trying to like parachute in on on the the money that the money that comes with it and and i don't blame any bar owners or local businesses for doing that Mm. of course like a a rangers playoff run is good for local restaurants and and, Mm. and industry right but like it's just something you notice uh, that and it sucks and i think one thing that has dawned on me during this whole Rangers playoff run is that, um, you know, I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about how, uh, damn, like, how is this happening? Like, what are the chances the Rangers do this? And, and it, and it feels foreign, but it shouldn't because from 2005, since the first lockout, basically until they sent that letter out that they were going <laughs> to rebuild by getting Adam Fox to loophole his way in and Artemi Panarin to, <laughs> to find his way there. And Jacob Truba to say he's only getting traded to one place. Right. right. Like, and win the draft lottery two years in a row, um, mm. you know, that when they sent that letter out uh, from, from the time that the lockout ended when Lundquist also shows up to now uh, to, to 2017, to that letter, like it was happening every year. Like this was just part of my life. Every spring, the Islanders were, were, not in the playoffs and the Rangers were making a run Mm. and you don't you can't fathom them losing until it actually happens because you're just like this is (laughs) the 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 manner that they make their runs is just so different from everyone else because it's it's always been very heavy you know generation uh, lean they lean on a generational goalie which is what they're doing again right Right. so it's like there's no there's no logic to it like everyone was saying before the series started oh Carolina is going to smash them no, of course they weren't like they they have a trump card over them and we saw it with the, how they played against the penguins they were outplayed and it just the penguins had louis Domingan goal and the <laughs> rangers had igor shesterkin uh and and this is just exactly it feels exactly like those ones did and i couldn't believe how long it, it like really took me to remember just this feeling of you mm. know hopeless despair of, of knowing that being resigned to the fact uh mm. that this team is just they they've got a horseshoe lodged up their their nether regions well, that you got a three-year break. That's that's why yeah. you forgot because like right, exactly. that happened. The letter went out. The Islanders, you know, had a three-year period where they went to the playoffs and won rounds, and so that was all you had to think about. And now all of a sudden, it's like the Islanders are home, and this Rangers thing is going. We're going to talk about some Islanders summer vacation uh, fun in a little bit, but that's why you forgot. And I, it's funny because I hadn't thought about that either. But yeah, this is like a very a normal thing that happened. And then they only yeah. went to the one final too, which I thought was, was good. And we talked about that before too, but yeah, leaning on that generational goalie is kind of a hell of a thing to base your franchise on. <laughs> but, but it is funny too. Like, you know, cause that's the thing. Like uh, Shesterkin has yet to grab that sort of like Lundquist mantle. Like Lundquist was the guy, every Rangers fan always talked about and was like a, a real guy who, felt like he had New York City's attention while I was like, you'd go into a cab and you'd like, you know, see pictures of him or whatever. And I, I was talking to my daughter this morning. I forget how we even got on the subject, but I was talking about, um, oh, now I remember what it was. We were, we were watching something and and uh, somebody, oh, it was, a, it was a cartoon show called Big City Greens. It's actually very funny. It's on Disney Channel. And, and there's a, a character in there who was an ex-football player. And the one of the main characters meets him and was like, oh, I'm a fan of the other team that play used to play against you. And I was like, you know, it's always weird when you meet a guy who plays for a team that you hate, cause you never know what to really say. And I told her the story one time I was at a, uh, when I was an intern with Stan Fischler, we were at some kind of event and Rod Gilbert was there. And I was thinking to myself, what am I going to do talk to Rod Gilbert about? Like, I don't really know. And, uh, I mean, I only got to talk to him for like two seconds and he was just the nicest, most gentlemanly guy ever. <laughs> this is probably like 15, 20 years ago, whatever it was, you know, maybe even more. And he was just the world's nicest guy. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I, you know, I didn't realize, you know, and it made me as an Islanders fan appreciate Roger Bear. But the thing was like Roger Bear retired in like 1979. Like there have been three generations of Rangers fans that wouldn't know 
Roger Gilbert from a hole in the ground, even though his number hangs from the rafters at Madison Square Garden, including all, you know, whatever kids are in my daughter's class now in, in sixth grade, you know, that, that are Rangers fans because their dads are Rangers fans. They don't know who Roger Gilbert is. And so, like, you're, it has this, they have this sort of weird relationship with New York, which, like you said, like, they don't really, they aren't really a big thing. And I was like, you know, if the rain, I told her, I'm like, if the Rangers had more of a presence, Roger Bear would be like Walt Frazier or Willis Reed or like some, right. you know, uh, uh, Reggie Jackson, like one of these guys, you know, that played in the seventies that people still remember. Like I can't imagine an Islanders fan, even a young one today in 2022, not knowing who Mike Bossy was, you know, even though Bossy's heyday was in the, you know, from the late seventies to the late eighties, like that's just how it is. But you know, Rangers, they, they don't really get that. Like there's, you know, there's Messier, I guess Leach and Richter, but that's really it because they're always on TV. And you see that stupid face and stupid Messier with a stupid cup every two seconds on <laughs> whatever <laughs> broadcast partner the NHL has now. But, you know, there's, it's just it's weird that, like, there have been great Rangers throughout the years that just aren't venerated that way, you know? Yeah. And it's because, like, really, until they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, they, nobody really talks about them. <laughs> it, it's it's comes down to the the... the that same kind of ethos of, of the diner saying, you know, like our right. boys are going up to the state championship, whereas yeah. the Rangers it's, 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 it's this co- like they're, they're, it's almost like they're just a marketing arm for their, for a corporate. They're like just <laughs> a big business that, right. that also has a hockey team. And that's, you know, there's a lot of you know English soccer teams, uh, not a lot, but there's now a handful that are owned by um, nation states like they're literally owned by you know, PSG and France is owned by um, you know Qatar or the UAE and then Manchester City is owned by the other one and then Newcastle was just bought by the the sports wing of the Saudi government which as you can mm. imagine went over really well um, <laughs> so uh, the but basically what they what these kind of regimes especially the, the Saudi one like what they're what they use it for is to, you know, you, you hear the term sports washing and obviously cable vision is not mm-hmm. as, you know, evil as, as, as Saudi Arabia. But the, the point I'm making is that like, it feel the Rangers feel like an arm to a company, right? Like, it's like, this is the Rangers division. You right. go into, you work at whatever company, I think it's still optimum or cable vision, whatever the company's called now <laughs> uh, that, that Jim Dolan runs. And it's like, yeah, you got, you know, the Knicks, the Rangers, MSG. Um, mm. And it, and it feels, it feels, it, it, it feels like that to an outsider. I mean, I know, you know, everyone listening to the show knows Ranger fans who are live and die with the team. And sure. I'm not, this isn't disparaging them. Uh, not that they'd be listening, but like, this is, <laughs> it's just, it's just the, the difference between a team like the Rangers and a team like, um, you know, like the, I don't even want to say the Islanders, but like the Islanders or Ottawa senators or mm. you know, some, some uh, the Anaheim ducks, for example, I mean, yeah. they're, they're Disney, but like they're in a suburb and, uh, they're just smaller teams that feel like they are they're entrenched in a community rather than just a product of 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 the biggest city, uh, the most important city, I guess, in the world. Um, you know, the the Rangers are a tourist trap to it to some mm. extent, right? Like they you you go to New York City, you're traveling to New York City in February, or you're going to go see the tree in you know Christmas time, <laughs> and you're coming right. from you know whatever skating rank yeah, the France whole thing. or Sweden or whatever. Like, yeah, you're going to see the Rangers. If the Rangers are playing, like you're probably looking to seeing them. Mm. I'll tell you what you're not going to do. You're not going to schlep to Uniondale to see the Islanders, right? Like it's just <laughs> not going to happen. It's just like, you're not going to, you're schlep to, to Massapequa to get an all American burger. You're going to eat in the city. You're going to go to, to, to somewhere, you know, a, a restaurant in the city. It's just, it's just different. Um, and it just, it sucks because when the Rangers do well, that kind of, you know, more markety ethos really just comes out. I mean, they mm. just hammer home that every every everything that they do becomes a marketing right. ploy. It's whether it's uh, Chris Chris Kreider throwing the the iPad in round one <laughs> uh, from away from Zabanajad or yeah or Igor, you know, the Igor chance now, um, whatever it is, it's it just becomes. Uh, it it becomes part of this marketing machine and mm. it's it's so easy to see through from the outside and if you hate them like it's it's you you can see through it but it doesn't make a difference if they're winning cuz like mm. they're still playing and we're not so they they get the last less laugh and and i think what you're saying about igor and the fact that the rangers lunquist sure like he was he became a city icon mm. but he was like if you could dream up 
a New York right. Ranger to become a city icon at that time, much like Messier was, I guess, in the 90s, because he kind of captured that, you know, more gritty mm. um, feel towards w- what the city yeah. was kind of like at the time. Like, and then now it's much, you know, much more plastic in a, in a way. And that's how I feel Lundquist was like, hell, great goalie yeah. gave me nightmares every night like it just <laughs> every goal against him was a minor miracle and right. uh yeah you, you, we, you don't really know what to make of igor yet right part of it is i think you know he's i don't even know what he looks like like i don't know <laughs> what he look i mean you couldn't if you put me if you put a lineup of 15 guys and said pick out uh igor shesterkin i wouldn't even know what he looks like i just don't he's unfortunately just... i do <laughs> yeah, i see him way too much now oh, uh well, there you go. but yeah he like he but he doesn't have that. He looks, you know, what he looks like is he looks like he, if if you told someone in two thousand eight, like, you know, this this is an NHL goalie, they'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. He looks he looks like a diamond dozen NHL mm. goalie, like long hair and uh, doesn't he he looks like he he's he'd be playing against John John Sebastian Auban or something, right? <laughs> like he's not. There's nothing really. Uh, there's there's nothing memorable about like his look, his his attitude yet, and uh, they're trying like, cause he's, he's got that kind of, they're trying to push that dry Russian sense of humor and, and like mm. the language barrier meaning, meaning something or like the, the customs of fans here, uh, of like chanting the name, the goalie's name, uh, to get under their skin. And, and like, he had some quote about it and, mm. um, they're, they're trying to push that stuff, but he just doesn't command right. the broadcast like, like Lundquist does. And he doesn't yeah. command a city like Lundquist does yet. And, you know, long may that continue because if he, he does, <laughs> it means that, you know, the worst case scenario has, has taken place. And, yeah, uh, yeah the, it's just it's it's just been um, it's been really hard to 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 kind of just get through because I want the Islander offseason to start. Like, right. I want to really give some thought to, to to like properly kind of deal with what happened with the coach. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly can't. Cause I, I start to think about it and I'm like, yeah, I need to just get through this Rangers run first. Like I can't, I can't really commit myself. Yeah. I won't wear Islander stuff. Like I, I call <laughs> my Islanders. I have too many Islander t-shirts. They're all at the bottom of my drawer and I'm not <laughs> going to wear them no matter how, mm. how much laundry I got to keep doing to keep them out of my rotation. Like it's just because I can't, I can't think about them until yeah. the Rangers lose. And it's, it's sickening because when, when the Leafs, the one thing that's been nice, and, and I know we'll talk about the Leafs in our, in our now weekly segment of, of <laughs> talk about the Leafs on this Islanders, Islanders podcast, but um, that the, 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 the Leafs losing in round one was so, I mean, I felt so much joy about it. And part of it was because, like I said, like sports are supposed to be an escape and now I need an escape from the escape, but, that was the escape from the escape, yeah. right? Like I could just watch, especially because it was early on in, in round two. So yeah. you're not in the business end yet. There's no, uh, and there was a know, ton of, uh, a ton of content for you to take right. in. Too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so I was, but then of course, you know, I finally took, took 10 days, but I finally got through it all. And mm. now, uh, you know, I came up for air and this is happening. So it's, it's <laughs> tough, but there, are, you know, we'll talk about it, but there is still, thank yeah. God there's still some, some leaf stuff trickling out. Yeah. There, there, there always is, but uh, which, yeah, is is both good and bad. Uh, and now we're in the, now we're in a good phase, but a lot of times it's in a bad phase. But, uh, but I'm glad you brought up the the coach thing because uh, we're going to talk about this probably in a little bit too. I'm we'll get to it now. But like, I have still not processed this, and I know that you know, obviously the Islanders named Lane Lambert head coach, and you know it's been whatever three weeks now since they let Barry Trotz go. But like, this has been really hard to get over. And I know the people listening to this are probably like, I mean, come on, just get over it. It's enough already. But like it, the thing with the Islanders losing in the last, the playoffs, the last couple of years has been like, you wanted to get right back at it. Like you wanted them, it lost, they lost, it sucked. You know, they lost in the, in, they got swept. Then they lost in game six in the conference finals. Then they lost in game seven in the conference finals. All those sucked for various reasons. But like knowing you had, Barry Trotz as the coach really erased a lot of doubts and a lot of worries. And, you know, you never know who's going to be on the team the next year, but like, you know, you always knew that they would have a game plan, you know, even like, you know, losing Everly or whatever. And then they bring in Paul Mary, they re-sign him. And, you know, you figured they had that, that thing in their back pocket, that coach in their back who would come in prepared. He always was prepared. 
And now they don't have that. And Lane Lambert, I mean, he might be a great coach. We don't know because he has no track record <laughs> whatsoever. And so it's not even like, you know, you can even look back at sort of like past, uh, you know, tendencies. They are okay. He, he coached in the AHL from Milwaukee when they were both with Nashville, but like, I don't know how much that, how relevant that is. Obviously, you know, he coached three games with the Islanders this season. I don't know how relevant that is. And so there's so much uncertainty and there's so much like, I don't, I don't know where, where are we even going with this? And, and as I was telling you, like I was watching the, you know, the, the conference final games, Colorado and St. Louis, and I'm just like watching and I'm like, my team could never hang with these guys. Like they just couldn't, it's just not this season. I mean, there have been seasons where they could, but not this season. There was just, these guys were operating on a whole other level that the Islanders just hadn't reached this year. I'm like, normally I would be like, well, they could make a couple of changes and probably reach that level because we've seen them reach that level, particularly against the Bruins, against the Lightning, but against the Penguins. But then I'm just like, oh, right. The guy who led that change isn't here anymore. And now I get very nervous and very sad. And yeah, coupled with the Rangers winning, it's been it's been a tough one. It's been it's been a very you know, I, I haven't even watched every game. I, I watched the the Oilers Flames game. Uh, I want to talk about the Oilers in a little bit of the second half too, when we kind of cover the, the NHL as a whole. But like, it uh, it hasn't been a fun escape, like you said. I mean, the games have been good. Um, generally, what you watch, but it's just I don't know. There's so many there's so many bad tastes in my mouth right now. <laughs> I don't know how to really take the, these, these games and really just sit back and enjoy them. I just, I, I've watched a bunch of a handful of games and I'm not sure how many I've really even enjoyed. I've, I've, you know, I found enjoyment in other forms of entertainment that haven't been the NHL playoffs this year, which is sad because there've been some really, really good games. And I just, I don't know there's too many things going on with the Islanders that make me not, not enjoy. Yeah. yeah. And like we said, like you, I, you can't properly kind right. of, sift through it until you know one or one of two things happens and and um if it's the bad one then right. who knows like how long it's gonna take <laughs> right but like and you so said the, the, oh sorry go ahead and i was gonna say i think that's that's not a that's not just between me and you i think that is a yeah. you know common trade among islander yeah. fans it like, feels like there's a holding pattern going on basically right i think right. everyone is kind of in the same boat of right. of what you know what and you feel it feels so trivial and petty right. And that's yeah. part of the torture. It's like, you know, I was talking to our friend Carrie Haber about this once. Like, you know, part of the torture, and this was before the Leafs got eliminated too, is that there is such a select few people on this planet that are dealing with this very specific kind of <laughs> anguish, right. right? And, you know, there's 6 billion people on the planet these mm. days, some, something like that. And uh, there's uh, 50,000 Islander mm. fans, maybe. Right. I think you could say uh, between 50 and 75,000 would be a good guess. Um, that's nothing. Uh, so there, th- th- and then, you know, of, of those 50 and 70 to 75,000 people, how many do you know? Right. And, you know, we probably each, everyone listening to this show probably knows a good amount of Islander fans when you think relatively to, to me, like to <laughs> me, the singular human. So you might know a couple hundred or whatever right. that you could talk to about it, but um, because it's such a specific kind of, you know, torture that we're going through. Like you wonder, <laughs> you you go wonder. Like, should I even bother talking to you know Joe Islander fan because the the world right. is con- you know is continuing to just be a hellscape and like maybe they don't feel the same way I do about you know the Leafs or the Rangers. They do, mm. I promise you. And 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 it, <laughs> trust me, you should reach out because they'll probably think of the same thing. But you you have this you know conversation with yourself because it's 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 incredibly petty. Like mm. it is, but it's part of being a sports fan. Like it's just, you don't, you, you have rivals. You don't want them to win because if they win, uh, it's, you're going to have to, he- you know, hear, hear about it for a long time and deal with the you know, bells and whistles that come with a local rival winning. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, and part of the, the torture is that you don't have the, like the mental capacity or the emotional capacity to devote to your team, to worrying about your team, which is, <laughs> it's a very worrying time about for them because like you said, mm-hmm. the, the, the kind of bedrock uh, of comfortability is gone with mm. trots being gone. And uh, like you said, Lambert, hell, he might be the closest thing to Barry trots out there. So right. that's, that's good, but we don't know and we won't know. Yeah. So you can't even, 
you know, there's nothing concrete to rely on there. Um, and then you start to realize like the, the, the team obviously needs upgrades and they needed upgrades last year. They didn't do anything about it. And mm. who's out there? Do they need to get younger? What are the prospects like? Every All this stuff. And like, you want to talk about that. You, you want to talk about that stuff. That's what we're mm. supposed to do during the off season, but you can't because <laughs> it just doesn't, it's not, uh, it should be number one on the priority list. I can tell you right now, the Nashville Predators fans and their priority list, they're talking about Philip Forsberg and where he's going. Can he stay? Whatever. Because they don't have to worry about the memphis rangers right like they don't have to worry about it <laughs> right we do so yeah. it's it's uh it's 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 just a very specific petty kind of torture that right. um only a very very few amount of people on this planet are going through and very few people on this therefore people on this planet would understand yeah um and it sucks well i guess the senator's fan would go through that because of the Leafs and everything in a very sim- in a very similar boat. Uh, I don't know how they feel about DJ Smith, but it would be kind of the same thing. And I, and, and don't forget too, like, you know, one thing that's actually made me feel a little bit better is that the flames literally lost a series to the Oilers <laughs> in a, in pretty painful yes. fashion, uh, which has got to feel, I mean, I have friends that are flames fans through, through Twitter and that's got to really suck. Like I don't want to, you know, it's it's unfortunate that somebody else's misery can make you feel better, but knowing the flame. But the thing is, I haven't seen that much kind of, you know, consternation about it. I guess right. I haven't really been in that that kind of you know zone. I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure there are tons of like very loyal Flames fans that are probably, you know, beside themselves right now. You know, because they get their brother in law is an Oilers fan or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, so it could always be, I guess, directly worse uh, when that happens. Well, yeah, and that sucks. <laughs> Yes. But it's also it's very different, right? Like yeah. from from because like your team was in the spot to do something about it. Yeah. Whereas the Islanders are not. Like we're I'm re- we're relying on Louis Domingue uh, and the <laughs> the, depleted, the depleted Penguins, right? And just freaking Hurricanes. And now yeah, the Hurricanes who used to be awesome. Like how many times right. we watch the Hurricanes beat the shit out of the Islanders and be like, man, right. how does anyone ever beat this team? I don't understand. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you know you you're watching them against the Rangers like. Mm. Yeah. Why isn't why isn't this team showing up like against right. against against the Islanders? Uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's incredibly uh, f- you know frustrating because you it's it, you know what it feels like is when you're at you know when you're at or watching an Islander game and uh, you Varlamov makes a, the first save and the puck's like squeaking through it mm. squeaks through and it's the puck is just slowly riding towards the net <laughs> and you're 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 right there on the other side of of the television screen or in the stands and you're just like. I just want to mm. swap that puck aside, but yeah. it's nothing st- you can't because it's not, you're not able to do it. So you just need to hope that, uh, you know, Noah Dobson or someone does it for you and, and we can't, we can't get that, but that's what it feels like right now. And the, right. the Noah Dobson in that scenario would be the penguins or the hurricanes or, you know, God forbid the, the lightning. So, yeah. um, well, yeah, uh, I was, was going to say, even during the, the Leafs lightning series, it's like, you know, there are, there are games where the Leafs just ran the, the lightning all over the place. And you're like, why wasn't this lightning team the one the Islanders are playing, you know, the last two years? Like, I don't understand. Like, you know, that team looked invincible. And I say this as, you know, they're, they're in another Eastern conference finals, but like there were times this year where they looked vulnerable, at least in the first round. And it's like, yeah, that, that was not the same team that the Islanders played. But now that we need them to be that invulnerable team again, to vanquish a hated rival of ours, they look like, you know, they're tired. Well, right. we're out of gas. And it's like, dude, what are you doing out there? Come on, give me a break. And, and that that is part of the torture. Like the right. specific, yes. This very specific torture is that mm. we are now and have been for the past, I don't know when the playoffs started, three and a half weeks ago now. It's been a long time uh, that we've, we've been relying on our enemies. Mm. That, that you know, the, the friend of your, the enemy of your enemy is your friend, so to speak, kind of situation because, uh, you know, we root for the Penguins hate the penguins hate cindy crosby i've i found yeah. myself being like almost enjoying watching him for the first time <laughs> in my life i'm like oh wow yeah this guy like i maybe i maybe just because of what he's done to the islanders i've been blind to just like how mm. great he's been because i've been watching him do it against andrew mcdonald for mm. my whole life like i I've, i just assumed that yeah he's going up against andrew mcdonald and brian Strait, so of course he's he's looking <laughs> amazing um and then now the hurricanes who are just the most insufferable Mm. small of small market team out there uh 
but you know, I'm watching them and being getting into like, come on, storm surge, love their mascot, <laughs> do the, do the little, do the hokey little thing after the game. Like good. Yeah. You know, I love that stuff right now. And then if, you know, if the, yeah. when the Rangers please win tonight, a road game for God's yeah. sakes, could you please get it once. And then, and then now, you know, cause it's, it feels inevitable that the Rangers will win. Like we'll have to do it to the team for the second time this postseason. Second time. <laughs> We yeah. need the the lightning to to do something uh, for us, and it's it's funny. Like so, you know, I'm obviously big Everton fan, and and what what the Rangers are to the Islanders, Liverpool is to Everton. Hmm. Uh, except Liverpool's had you know recent success, and, right? Um, but for a long time they 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 didn't like, especially in the league. Um, and basically, what started Everton's whole uh, crumbling this. Uh, the season, but a big part of it, at least, was they had a manager, Carlo Ancelotti, who was one of the best managers in European hit, fo- soccer history, managed Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, mm. won plenty of Champions Leagues as a player and a coach. So Everton somehow got him to coach them. <laughs> and um, over the summer, uh, last summer, you know, there was nothing, no indication that he was going to leave. And then the Real Madrid job opened up. And Real Madrid consulted him on who they should hire. And he says, oh, why not? well, you know, I'll do it. Like, he loves Real Madrid. Like, he's like, he said that there's one team that he would leave Everton for, and it was Real Madrid. Um, so, so Carlo <laughs> leaves. And, and uh, lo and behold, you know, wouldn't you know, Champions League final, Real Madrid is playing Liverpool. <laughs> and after the game, Real Madrid wins. After the game, he, Ancelotti said, you know, I'm sure that Everton fans really hated me. For, for a long time, but they're not mad at me now. And he's right. Like you can forgive, we can forgive so much, right. so much of what, you know, I can forgive oh, Eric Chernak and, mm. and Andre Vasilevsky and Brady yeah, Shea yeah. and whoever on the hurricane, Sebastian Ajo. Like we can mm. forgive you guys. Well, you know, your, your statue will go up in this, the, the, the <laughs> Islander hall of fame with, right. along with, you know, Alec Martinez, Adam Henrique, Ben Bishop, and that lightning <laughs> series from, a long time ago like we will forgive it all right if you just do us this one measly favor that you guys haven't been able to do yeah right it's all it's gonna take well we'll see uh we'll see uh what happens uh after uh after tonight and we'll see uh where we're at um we will take a break uh right now and we'll come back and we'll talk about a couple of actual islanders things uh or islanders adjacent things going on in the hockey world and then uh i don't know, look around the rest of the uh the nhl and uh Look at uh, a certain retirement that's uh, taken over the hockey news cycle, which is <laughs> really, really irritating. So uh, come back with us uh, in a minute. Thanks. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, vintageicehockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintageicehockey.com is always open. Playoffs, no playoffs, off-season, in-season, doesn't matter. Uh, VintageIceHockey.com also carries our Al Arbor t-shirt, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code LONGISLAND to save 10% on anything in the store. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Play big pick for free anywhere in the U.S. or play for real. Residents in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, and Iowa only. Click the link in the podcast description to join. Must be 21 or over. Terms and conditions apply. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé, all under $15 a bottle. Available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. If you're going to see like Journey or something this summer, uh, go uh, try some wines from the Pinot Project. Please play and drink responsibly. 
So uh, there are a couple of Islanders playing in the World Championships, which is uh, a thing that we haven't had to worry about or think about for a couple of years, uh, which is a thing that Islanders players used to do all the time. And um, just recently, uh, Finland defeated Canada in the gold medal game. And uh, the Czech Republic defeated Team USA in the bronze medal game. Uh, Matt Barzell was the player of the game in the gold medal game. Despite the losing effort, he had three assists for Canada and was pretty monstrous in that game as as far as I've heard. Um, But uh, on the winning side is a guy that we just talked about on our most recent episode of Weird Islanders that if you haven't listened to, you should check out. Valtteri Filppula uh, won a gold medal and uh, apparently is... I guess going to retire, <laughs> uh, which uh, which is pretty cool. Good for him. And uh, again, if you haven't heard our episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast about Val Filippola with our friend Stephen Smith, you should check that out. Also, we had an episode before that uh, with our friend Desmond Zantua about uh, a whole bunch of reluctant European players that uh, ended up coming to the Islanders over time. So check those out. But uh, on the Team USA side, um, they were up, I believe, three nothing in their game against the Czechs, or three one, or something like that. And uh, ended up losing big time. Jeff Blaschel's uh, coaching resume continues to uh, expand <laughs> in a way. Uh, if the Red Wings hadn't already fired him, they probably would have after that. But uh, Kiefer Bellows was on that team. And, and you know, in a very Bellowsian way, uh, you know, he would have like a, a great game and then he would just sort of disappear for a couple of days. Uh, I think he had a couple of goals in the tournament. Um, so, you know, good on the players for, for playing. Uh, I, I know it meant a lot to Barzell. He formed a, a partnership with, uh, I believe, Alex Formanton of Ottawa and uh, seemed to, to really kind of relish playing uh, over there in, in the tournament. And uh, most importantly, didn't get hurt. As I always say in these situations, don't get hurt. And apparently he, he's OK. So, you know, he did have a monster tournament. And I'm sure he relished playing for real, real stakes. Um, but ultimately, uh, Canada had to take silver. Hey, not too bad. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if you, if you, have you heard anything and you paid any attention to this at all. This isn't really kind of. Yeah, most, most I just was watching, <laughs> watching for the Franz stuff. Mm. Mostly, that's really been it. The Franz, oh, yes, Nielsen, yes. Um, you know, emotional retirement, and watch the videos of like the Danish crowd uh, chanting his name, and and mm. um, and then yeah, the Mark Mark Streit, yes, thing today, and then uh, he was elected into the double IHF Hall of Fame. The great Mark Streit. So congrats to him. And uh, yeah, and then the yeah Phil Pula, triple crown gold club of course like you mm. said and then uh uh so like that kind of stuff and then i've just yeah like you said just trying to make sure that barzell gets out of there in one piece and <laughs> so far it looks good um so <laughs> you know hopefully nothing uh crazy comes out after, about after oh yeah he was playing on a on one light basically you know that's the, but uh it doesn't seem that's the case and um yeah i mean the 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 world championship years when, you know, Brock Nelson and mm. Anders Lee would go over and Nelson always seemed to have great world championships yes. when he, when, when the Islanders were missing um, those, those days I thought would, would be behind us for a little bit longer and uh, they haven't. And you know, that one thing that got like bellows because teams that are out of it, like every blog and whatever, like, you know, they'll post content like, Oh, bellows is, had a goal or an assist or whatever in, in USA's win over Belarus today or what, whatever happens. And it, he does, it is interesting his kind of standing with the team. And um, because I do think like in a weird way, like we would have known by now if, if everybody was just going to kind of move on from one another mm. between Bellows and the team. And it doesn't seem that way. Like he's still yeah. getting, talked about on this the social channels and with his world championship stuff and i think i just feel like if since he's a restricted free agent and obviously lou i think has an idea of what he's going to do about bellows already like we would have heard less about him if that makes sense and uh i also think like he his the competition for his spot has grown will grow next year because it sounds like you know, you know, uh, A2 Ratu had a, a good postseason. Yes. And it sounds like Simon Holmstrom kind of under the radar. He, he's just, he's been the weirdest first round pick, uh, Holmstrom, <laughs> because in like we know it, it was a reach when they, they drafted him, but he was so young that like it was, it was known that he was just going to be kind of a project. And, uh, there was a very kind of scripted out development path for him that got kind of thrown by COVID or whatever. But 
I mean, his his totals in, in Bridgeport this year were pretty good for someone his age in that league. So, like, Bellows, Wallstrom, Ratu, uh, and Wallstrom, um, excuse me, and Holmstrom, like, now, like, the, the Islanders don't have, we know they don't have a deep prospect pool, but uh, Holmstrom and, and Ratu, like, their development now will impact Bellows and, and Wallstrom, whereas last year they didn't really have, they had pressure from above them on the roster on the depth chart but they didn't really have pressure from below them like you know all due respect to austin zarnick and cole bardreau like <laughs> and andy andrioff like those guys right. weren't going to 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 take a spot from bellows and and wallstrom long term um right uh, so that that's kind of been one thing i've just noticed from it and mm. and something i've thought about and, and one thing that we just don't hear about really um uh, on the islanders is everything is very surface level when it comes to their their prospects it's the islanders don't have a good prospect pool and then they everyone kind of just moves on like okay that's great but can you tell us about the guys that are doing well um Mm -hmm. because i was shocked i I just assumed holmstrom was having a bad year because we just didn't hear anything about him really uh but he's not i think he's just a very it's just very not like flashy player like he's just a very i mean even if he tops out like a bottom six player like you could be pretty good at that <laughs> and yeah. be a productive player. Um, and uh, for those who don't, who don't know, what Mike is talking about is uh, we didn't even talk about Bridgeport Islanders at all, but like they went on a little mini playoff run. They swept their first round series. It was a three, you know, it was a three game series. They won the first two games uh, against Providence and moved on to the second round uh, where they were swept by, uh, oh, Charlotte, excuse me, the Charlotte Checkers, uh, who were the, the Hurricanes uh, affiliate. And, uh, you know, a couple of those games were close, uh, and that is the furthest that the Bridgeport team has gone in many, many, many years because uh, they missed the playoffs barely. I mean, the, the AHL's playoff structure is really weird. Like they get a lot, they let a lot of teams in there, and uh, I don't think anybody expected the sound the the Islanders, the Bridgeport Islanders, to win two games in the first round, but they did. And Rati was the guy who scored the uh, winner in overtime in the second game to send them to that second round. So, you know, I, I mean, it, they only played five extra games, but I feel like. You know that kind of stuff can be helpful for development, and and I know what you're saying. Like, yeah, we always hear that, and again, nobody's sitting going to sit here and make the argument that the Islanders don't have a pretty shallow prospect pool. I think you can safely say that, but that just is sort of like shorthand for like we don't we're not going to tell you about any of these guys. And it's like there there is something in there. Like what happened with Robin Sallow this year? Like he did not have a great year. They called him up when half the team had COVID, and then they sent him back down, and that was uh, last we heard of him. Like. What's going to happen with Sebastian Ajo? I mean, you know, he he would have a couple of pretty good games, especially towards the end, but you know, we had some rough spots there. We don't know. Also, when you talk about that stuff, people tend to neglect the fact that Noah Dobson led the team in ice time this year and had 51 points as a, as a 21-year-old uh, in the NHL for Blue Line, which is pretty darn good uh, for a guy who is kind of still a bit of a prospect. So, um, you know, it's been an interesting summer for these guys, and and I, I don't know if you – we're able to take a look at it. Maybe I'll put a link in the, in the article for this, but um, Kevin Fiala is uh, a restricted free agent this year. He's, he, I don't know if he's got arbitration rights, but he's due like a big kind of qualifying offer. And then next year he's eligible for unrestricted free agency. So his, his contract situation is extremely fluid right now. And of course the wild who he plays for have the issue of the huge cap recapture penalties for buying out uh, um Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi. So there's not a ton of space to go around for a guy who scored 33 goals this year. Fiala had a real breakout year. And so there was an article at The Athletic by, of course, Michael Russo, who just, I don't know if he's like lives inside of the garbage can outside of uh, Bill Guerin's house or something <laughs> like that. He's just, Russo, he's like, I don't know, he's got eyes everywhere. I don't know how he, how he does this stuff. But he's um, he wrote an article about, you know, what, what could the Wild do for with Fiala and, you know, Basically, what could they get for him when they trade him? Not if, when, because they just know there's not enough room for him. And the Islanders came up, which I thought was a bit surprising because people tend to forget the Islanders in cases like this. And and Russo made the point that something along the lines of the 13th overall pick in this year's draft, plus Oliver Wallstrom would get it done. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that that's, you know, a pretty simplistic way to look at it. I don't know if the Islanders would want to give up Wallstrom. We don't know what their feeling on Wallstrom is. Bellows. Let's not forget his dad played for Minnesota. So I feel like maybe that's a, a better, you know, fit there. Also, I don't think the Islanders would be losing a whole lot, <laughs> but then they have to sign Fiala to a big contract. So I don't know. So I'm just, I mean, it's speculation, but like, 
you wonder if one of these guys could be used, obviously not Dobson, but like could be used in a situation like that. Uh, and and what, what their take is. I mean, I don't know what our take is on these guys, but like, I wonder what the industry take on these guys is, you know, maybe they're not because they're not just being like, Oh, those guys stink because they're Islanders prospects. Like surely somebody out there has a book on these guys. And I wonder if that's going to be helpful uh, in maybe upgrading the Islanders this summer. Cause like you said, that that's what they need to do. They just were kind of stuck in a holding pattern until that happens. But uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. That yeah, I, think, I think I was surprised to see them too uh, on the list. Cause I thought we talked about this a little bit with, the trots firing that like it, it does open the doors for some different kind of players to come right. in. You know, it's not yeah. Nick, but Nick Bonino isn't going to be the Islanders number one target this, this year. Where <laughs> it could have been with trots. Cause you're like, right. Oh, great two way guy. He's over 32 years old. Mm. Um, but uh, so it does, it did kind of perk my interest a little bit. And, and obviously he's a great player um, and would, would go, go great in terms of help, you know, bring him, Bars, the best out of Barzell and, and, and right. the power play, of course. But, um, and and the Wild do like basically the only prerequisite that the, the the Wild you keep hearing about them and you hear about this from from Jeff Merrick, who's been all over this as well. Um, <laughs> that they just want player players who can mm. contribute on entry level deals, and and Wallstrom can do it. Bellows he won't be on an entry level deal, but he'll be basically close to it right. because he's not going to cost anything, and um, it's uh. So it it is interesting because I do think the Islanders are a fit um, and should be desperate enough to do something like that. And um, so, so the more you think about him, uh, it, it I think still a long shot, but definitely not something that if it does happen would just blow me out of the waters with, with surprise and it would be great. Um, now, one thing that would blow me out of the water <laughs> and would likely make me probably stop watching hockey um, to <laughs> At, at all it would be the the manufactured rumor from our our friends up in in the six that <laughs> the, the maple the islanders and maple leafs are great trade partners uh, oh yeah to, to solve the maple leafs goaltending issues and and right now like you just, you just got to say like the person who wrote this story wrote it from like the vantage point of here's a, a pie in the sky solution to the leafs goaltending issue um however it wasn't framed like that. And, mm. and even like the writing too came off as, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't the Islanders just be so lucky to be the team that Kyle Dubas picks <laughs> to, 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 to give him a, an, uh, a goaltender, uh, an elite mm. franchise cornerstone goaltender, the one that the Leafs haven't had in quite some time. Um, and, and if you read the article and I'm sure a lot of you have already. It's, it was it's been said by a couple of people. It, it 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 does really warm my heart that I, I'll get like messages on Twitter and um from from people and like uh my friend Ben who who is great at has the same kind of sense of humor about this leaf stuff uh, as as you and I do and a lot of people listening and it's just like he sent he sent me the this, the CJ Chris Johnson mm. tweets about Spezza um it, it, it but the the Sorokin article. It, it was a classic, uh, like I said, a classic tone of when when Leafs writers and bloggers and, and, and you don't even like, I'm also talking about, you, you know, this person wrote for fan cited. So uh, it's not like a, it's not like the Toronto star or something right. like that. We're not talking about a beat writer, but then you look at the athletic and, and you realize that, oh my God, these people write in the same tone. Like <laughs> here's, here's, here's why. Right. This this the the Islanders would be so lucky to trade Ilya Sorokin to the Leafs. Like, wouldn't it's it's like a a king coming down to like mm. being like, wow, your your boy here is really good at at being a knight. Like, I'm gonna take him from you off off your your land, and he's gonna work for me. It's that's that's what it feels like medieval fiefdom or something. And and the Leafs are are, are Kyle Dubas's king, <laughs> so he gets to to pick one player from 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 the Islanders, the lowly Islanders, the peasants. Down here on Long Island, and he he's he's chosen Ilya Sorokin. Um, yeah, the article reads like 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 that. Like the Islanders should just oh, Kyle Dubas is interested in this guy. We we gotta make it happen then. <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta we gotta do everything we can to get this guy to the Leafs. Well, this is this is one article I won't be linking to in, in the article for this because nobody should should read this. But yeah, th- this is this is why people hate the Leafs. Like I don't really it cracks me up that people are like I don't understand why. 
you know, people are always so angry all the time when we tweet about the Leafs. This is why people hate the Leafs. Like this exact tone of like the world is our farm team and we can just have our pick uh, our choice of who we want to call up. And I got to say, as, as a person that was a Yankees fan for a long time, they are not the only fan base that is like this. I mean, I remember people, I remember going to games, you know, in the, the late nineties and hearing, you know, guys in the stands being like, Oh, you know what they got to do? They got to trade for Griffey. Yeah. Okay. Sure. The Yankees are definitely going to trade, you know, Andy Stankiewicz and a pick for Ken Griffey jr. Yeah. That's going to happen. Like everybody has, you know, <laughs> there are teams that are like this, but like the Leafs have, like you said, an entire army, a never ending, always constantly advancing army of these people. And some of them have, a sort of clout that makes it seem like a th- you know these things are real and again if you look at the athletic uh it's uh there's a lot of people there that <laughs> would look at an article like that and be like you know he does have a point meanwhile everybody else is like <laughs> what are you talking about why would the, why would the islanders do that why would they give up their their franchise goalie for that well you know they can they can get a lot back for him you know, yeah, okay. They're not going to get a goalie back for. They're going to get a franchise. So it's just, again, it's the attitude that, like, like you said, we are doing you a favor by taking your best player <laughs> and it's, putting them uh, and, and letting them play for the glory of Toronto. And you get some good players too, but we get the best one, and then you guys get, you know, whoever we we th- we want to throw at you. Like, I don't, we don't want Nick Robertson. And, yeah. You don't want Nick, you don't want Nick Robertson. Kyle right. Dumas yeah. drafted him. You're like, yeah. come on. And, and I love that, that at no point in that article, does it mention just how much of a laborious process it was to get Ilya Sorokin over here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah, no, they, the Islanders back in 2014, I think that they, when they drafted him and knowing that he's going to be playing for Seska Moscow or whatever team he played for, <laughs> for, for six more mm. years that, and getting him over here was going to be a pain. They were thinking the whole time, like, you know, down the line, the Leafs, you know, this could really help the Leafs if we can just get this guy <laughs> over to North America. Uh, because, right. uh, and, and you know what, it's good. If we just do all this, this, this shenanigans with with immigration and and with like the russian hockey federation mm. um we might be able to net a first round pick and nick robertson from from the leafs down the line yeah. um <laughs> and yeah like and like you said the 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 fact that the pe- people who uh, you know write this stuff do have clout i mean there is an entire wing of the athletic which is you know maybe the biggest sports only news site on the planet like mm. or at least on you know the in the the english speaking planet i guess and <laughs> that that is devoted to this kind of stuff and uh there's i will you know I, I i like to bet i am a betting man so i would say that i do bet that we will see whether it's in just in passing with a you know caveat of you know Ilya sorokin is a long shot and a mm. fight dream but his name will pop up in in an article of one of there's going to be 75 articles a, a month about <laughs> the Leafs uh, season and Dubas's master plan and the shadow right. plan. And, and Sorokin's name will be mentioned now because of this article. And um, it's, uh, it's just amazing because you read the, the comments on the, the tweet where this, uh, this article came out and there are people like, Oh, that would be great. This is great. And, and whereas if you flip the script and we put out a tweet saying like, Oh, should the Islanders get, Kevin Fiala, everyone be like, mm. okay, like you're dreaming, bud. Like this, right? Yeah, the Islanders wake me up if that happens because it won't yeah. ever happen, right? Like, <laughs> well, whereas they're like, they're they're conditioned to believe this this kind of, uh, you know, entitlement of mm. every player can and wants to be and should be a leaf until we right. deem them, you know, ex, uh, excess part. And uh, yeah. Sorokin has now found himself in that pool. There was a tweet. It's funny you mentioned that because there was a tweet by I'll just say Peter Schwartz of WFAN. I've met Peter. He's been with the he's covering the Islanders literally forever. He's the world's nicest guy, and he put out a tweet about you know how great would it be if Johnny Goudreau signed with the Islanders? Like he could play with Barzell. They have the cap room, and all that is very logical. But let's be honest, Johnny Goudreau ain't signing with the Islanders. Like he just isn't. You know, I mean, if if Johnny Goudreau wanted to move on and play in the East. You know, when he wanted to play for a team that had recent success, then I could see him signing with the Islanders. But I think he's probably 99% going to re-sign in Calgary. 
Nobody knows if he wants to come back east to play where he's from. Obviously, he's from South Jersey. I, th- I think he grew up a Flyers fan. I-, I don't think he really wants to play with the Flyers either because they ain't that good right now. But my history as an Islanders fan, your history, anybody, most people listening to this, our history dictates that the Islanders in no way, shape, or form will ever have a chance to sign a guy in his prime as a free agent. Like it just right. isn't going to happen. And I, yes, okay. They signed Andrew Ladd, but we've been, to, <laughs> we've talked that out a million times. Like it was a different circumstance. Again, I, I can't imagine. And you know, yeah, there are reasons why Johnny Goudreau would sign with the Islanders, but the biggest reason that he won't is they're the Islanders. Like that's just how it is, you know? And, and I can't see that happening, but if we were to put that out there and be like, you know, what'd be great. Johnny Goudreau to sign with the Islanders. People would be like, get out of here. You're crazy. But anyway. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> That's the difference. And, and you know what? There's, what, 31 other fan bases that would probably have that exact, or maybe like 29 in, in Goudreau's case. But like in 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 that kind of example, there's there's basically thir- 29 or 30 other fan bases that would react like we do. Right. Whereas there's there's one or two, um, you know, both of them, are, we, we hate both of them, that would act <laughs> the way that the, the, uh, the Leafs fans have in, and thinking, you know, they're they're ready. There, there's probably some people out there ready to to buy their Sorokin, oh yeah, uh, yeah jerseys because he's right. coming because somebody wrote about him. And right. um, of course, uh, you know, to keep it on talking in our talking the Leafs segment, mm. I do want to talk about Jason Spezza. Well, well I was going to say uh, you brought up Kyle Dubas before. Obviously, now he's going to have some help in his master planning <laughs> in the Leafs front office because Jason Spezza has retired and has joined the Leafs front office as a special assistant to the general manager. And, of course, Jason Spezza had a 19-year career in the NHL, 15 of those years playing for teams that aren't the Leafs. And yet somehow he's a Leafs legend. I don't know how this happened. I don't know why this is happening right now. I feel bad for Dallas Stars fans who are like, yeah, what the heck? Like, you didn't talk about this guy when he played for us like this. Come on. Apparently playing for the Senators, for a very good Senators team for that matter, and playing very well. I mean, Jason Spezza was a pretty good player for a long time. And then playing for the Leafs on a minimum salary as an old man qualifies you to be some sort of Leafs legend. Now I, I, I don't know. And it just it's, cracks me up because like every team does this, every team gets old guys and you know, they become huge parts of the locker room. They become beloved guys in the locker room. The fan base loves them and not a peep is heard about any of them except when they play for the Leafs. So all of a sudden, Wayne Simmons is a huge superstar because he played for the Leafs. If Wayne Simmons had signed with Colorado or Dallas or Anaheim, we never would have heard a peep about him. You know, just Daniel Chara got a little bit of that with the Islanders, but he's kind of Chara. But even still, like, he didn't get that much, you know. Yeah. And and or and Parisi, too, is probably a better example. Like, the Islanders signed Parisi for nothing, and he turned in a pretty darn good season, and not a peep was heard about anybody, <laughs> from anybody, it's- aside from us, basically. I, I I can't agree with you more and there's there's just it's it's um, an outrageous that that Spezza retiring mm. should have and the NHL put out a tweet of uh like Spezza Heatley and the, the pizza line Spezza Heatley yeah. and Alfredson like being like oh it's the end of an era uh because you know that was one of the NHL's best lines and Spezza retiring should have been a big deal for Senators fans. Right? Sure. <laughs> like this should have been a, about the Ottawa Senators. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it should have been, a, you know, if a, Jason Spezza signs a one day contract to retire as a Senator, that, right. that kind of stuff. Uh, but because he played for uh, Toronto in his, his twilight years when uh, he, it's, he's, yeah, he, he, I think if you asked younger NHL fans, let's say, people who've been watching the league for six years or so and been paying attention, like what, who Jason Spezza is to say, you know, Oh, he's a very important person to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he's a Maple Leaf. Um, whereas he, he <laughs> spent and was one of the NHL's best players for uh, a long time for the, for a very good Ottawa Senators team. And mm. uh, my favorite tweet, of course, I mean, and this guy, like he just doesn't miss when it comes to these, these kind of, situations is Chris, Chris Johnston and I'm going to read it verbatim for you because it's just so good. Um, he tweeted today at 10:27 a.m. or yesterday 10:27 a.m. the passion Jason Spezza continued to bring in the later stages of a career that saw him go from an NHL star to a fourth liner was admirable. The grace he displayed when scratched said a lot about him too. <laughs> May we all find something we love as much as Spezza loved playing hockey. Not only does that read like something you'd hear at a awake 
or a funeral <laughs> or something like it's also just incredibly strange that there's not one mention of the the this dude played for 15 years for teams yeah. that were in toronto <laughs> right i, I um, mean you know yeah just i don't know i really and and it's it's really remarkable like just again this is why people hate the leafs like Teams do this. You're right. That's what we should call the segment instead of talking, (laughs) talking about the Leafs. This is, this is why people hate the Leafs. Leafs. I I Uh, know Jamie Ben, I think put out a nice tweet about Spezza because again, he played in Dallas for a long time, dude, (laughs) long time. And that was a big signing at the time. But yeah, I mean, to me, he's an Ottawa Senator. And I, you know, the way I think about it, Alexei, like the Alexei Yashin trade is what I think about when I think about Jason Spezza. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's, it's insane, but they'll they'll never see it any other way. So yeah, it's there you go. Uh, yeah. it's it's really uh, it's really like an, another one of those phenomenons too, where you you try if you tried to explain that to like an NBA fan or an MLB <laughs> fan, be like, oh, why do you hate the Leafs so much? Right. Like that would be reason number eight or nine hundred on a list, and yeah. you got to that point, you'd be like, I, I really hope you see what's going on here, but you might not because this is so outlandish and yeah. so unique to this fan base and mm. media. Uh, hub that you it just might not compute and you might be like oh that sounds fake it sounds like yeah. like you, you're writing a sitcom <laughs> I'm thinking about that too like you know NBA fan asks so wait so why do you hate the Leafs over this Jason Spezza thing and then it'd be like that, that Spongebob scream where it just says three hours later yeah. and then it, comes, it cuts to you being like and then the Leafs act as if you know, they, they say that his scratches said a lot about him too. Can you believe that? And then the, the <laughs> NBA fan will be like, like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they, like, they had left. They had left by the time right. you were, you were yeah. talking about Wayne Simmons, his stint in, in Buffalo. Yeah. Right. It starts with picture it. The NHL draft 2001. <laughs> and then it's like all of a sudden, the, you know, 22 years go by and then he scratches. Okay. We're talking about scratches now. It's like, <laughs> So there you go. Um, sp- speaking of wakes, real quick before we uh, we finish this up, um, uh, rest in peace to uh, making fun of the Edmonton Oilers for not being able to get out of the second round of the playoffs. They're in the Eastern, they're in the Western Conference Finals now. They're going to play the Avalanche. Should be a great series. Mc, uh, McDavid and and Drysidel, who is really injured right now, but that doesn't matter because he's still pretty good. Uh, kind of firing on all cylinders. And Mike Smith has somehow managed to keep a team afloat long enough to get to the Western Conference Finals. I don't know what kind of chances they have against uh, Colorado, but uh, they beat a couple of pretty good teams to get here. And again, I, the thing that I hate the most about this, I have no particular hate for the Oilers. I just, now this is going to kill any chance we have to make like fun of Ken Holland, Dave Tippett, <laughs> the Oilers, you know, signing Duncan Keith, trading for Duncan Keith, signing stupid contracts, Chris Russell contract, who's somehow still playing in the NHL. Um, I don't know. Actually, speaking of guys who are also still playing in the NHL, congrats to Darren Helm. Uh, all of 72 years old, putting the Colorado Avalanche in the Western Conference Finals. So it's been a weird week for teams that are like, you know, we can't make fun of them now because uh, they've actually accomplished something. And I'm sad because, again, if you've been on hockey Twitter long enough, you know is the Oilers are a constant font of of laughs. And um, those days are done now. Win, win or lose this series, you can't really, you know, yeah. those days are sort of over, unfortunately. But. What are you gonna do? It was about to come. It's gonna happen eventually, and I guess this is the year. So hey, and you know, if for for all the teams that are getting over the playoff hump, there's still one that isn't. So that's nice, <laughs> you know. Like that's so. If you had to choose one streak to continue, it would be that the one that that that, it, that, that has continued. And yeah. uh, the 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 one thing about the uh, the Oilers that is just outrageous and um, <laughs> won't go too long. It's just that every time, you know, Mike Smith is becoming, you know, this cult icon and whatever. Um, and, and I'm sure people, if you listen to hockey podcasts and whatever, Sirius XM NHL, you hear about how he's become this kind of character um, over the, especially in this playoffs. But the one thing I've, when I've been watching him and thinking about is, man, imagine Rick DiPietro didn't get hurt because <laughs> him and him and Rick have a lot in common. Just a lot mm. in common. Uh, I think about not out even outside of the puck handling. Uh, when when Smith let in that hundred and twenty two foot goal to Rasmus Anderson in the third period, <laughs> and then started to like look around as if he right. was mad at like a defenseman for he right. wanted to like blame someone else immediately. I was like, I swear, I had uh, you know hallucinated 
DiPietro. I'm just like, that is something that Rick would do. Like I can see mm-hmm. it and they play similarly. They, they're both making these ridiculous saves where you're like, well, what is he even doing? Like to make that save, he's crashing into the post. He's, he's just all action like Smith is. And it really does make me think about Rick. And, uh, you know, one of these days we do, we do weird Islanders where we talk about players who are, uh, known as they're, they're known for not being, <laughs> they played for the Islanders, but they're known for not being Islanders, I guess is mm. one way to put it. Uh, one, one of these days, we're just going to need to do like a, a deep dive on, on Rick. Um, because mm. you know, there's just a lot there that I feel like this isn't unpacked, uh, for everybody. Mm. Cause there's so many different ways you could feel about the guy. And I think all of them are valid. Mm. Um, so we just need to think about that before. I, uh, I mean, to me, he's a whole other podcast. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, like a, you can't really fit him into true, the Weird a Islanders. True, a true co- crime thing. Yeah, it's like a yeah, different. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like a different kind of thing. Uh, you know, yeah. like a, it'd be like a hardcore history episode, six right. six months long, uh, six, well, six hours like long, and season for season, basically, yeah. just every season. We have people like we go through the whole thing, and we have yep. interviews. And oh, see, now you got me off on a whole other thing, man. I I, I was just I was working on Islanders award winners today, and I'm like, oh man, I'm almost done with this this bossy thing it's 24 pages of writing i saw like thirteen thousand words already this is i don't even know how this is gonna end up being a podcast it was my daughter who was like why don't you just make it two parts and i'm like that's a great idea (laughs) i'm just gonna do that because i don't want i can sit here and listen to this let alone record it oh my god that's a great idea i think i'm gonna do that she's like oh you're welcome so there you go (laughs) so uh it's a lot but yeah i think that's that's another project like uh i don't don't even know like the dpietro era or something like just one He's, yeah. but, but it is, if you, when you're watching Mike Smith in the series, like you mm. just think about that for a second, just think about Rick and mm. you'll, I think you'll see just a ton of similarities between, between the two of them. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah, I'm, I'm just sad when, when jokes die like that. So yeah. I, I will, I will remember the good days of, of, uh, yeah, the Chris Russell stats wars <laughs> <laughs> happening and, uh, and I'll remember finally. Uh, okay, well, I think we've ranted enough. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening uh, to this. This is again a very normally we have like you know kind of clear cut goals for an episode, and today we just kind of went off on a bunch of topics that had been sticking in our craw uh, for the last couple of weeks. I hadn't really got to it because uh, of other stuff, but uh, thanks for listening. Um, so, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Bigly Basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Uh, what do you got on tap for the uh, the podcast? So the soccer podcast is over, right? Because the season's over. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We'll 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 do some like random, you know, off season stuff. But yeah, that's done. And uh, recording an episode of uh, Line Change mm. late late tonight. Then yeah. that'll that'll be it for um, the playoffs uh, or through the playoffs. So check out Line Change when it goes live uh, on Tuesday. Maybe make yourself some money, uh, even if it's teams you hate still in the playoffs. Uh, they can help you uh, pick up a little bit like that. Uh, and like I said before, if you haven't listened to our Weird Islanders podcast on the uh, Reluctant Euros or Valtteri Filpola or any of our other episodes, go back and check them out because they're a lot of fun and uh, we just have a lot of laughs with our friends. And uh, we will be back with another Weird Islanders podcast next week. Uh, and then we'll do another anxiety the week after, and now we're back on our schedule of kind of alternating. So uh, we'll do that straight on through to uh, free agency day, which is uh, the 13th of July. So thanks for nothing, Gary. We got a whole summer of this stupid thing to, to worry about. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. It's going to be for a very short off season, but uh, we'll be here. So thanks for listening. And uh, we will talk to you again very shortly. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.